I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That is where I share my personal deslobification process. So figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 313. And I think I'm going to call it what I'm learning about my clutter in the moving process. So um, before I do that, though, um, I did want to remind you that I did a video series over on YouTube of my 14 days to opening your front door to guests. So this is the holiday season. I mean, we're all in a weird place in history and time and everything right now, but maybe you are going to be opening your home for the first time in kind of a while. Uh, Those of us who kind of enjoyed, let's just be honest. And we, some of us enjoy the fact that we just couldn't have anybody over, right? Anyway, so if if that's you and you're kind of freaking out about that, or if you just want the plan, um, there's a series of 14 videos that I did every day for two weeks um, from November 1st through 14th. And um, those are free, obviously. But if you would like to get the written guide through the end of November, um, my ebook, 14 Days to Opening Your Front Door to Guests, which you can just view on your device or whatever, or you can actually print it out if you would like to. Um, it's $4 with the code podcast. Okay. So anyway, just want to make sure you knew about that. Just go to a slob comes com slash 14, like one four. All right. Um, so I'm talking about what I have been learning, what I'm continuing to learn about my own stuff, my own clutter in the midst of the moving process. So we moved, right? Like I had a podcast where I talked about that a while back and somebody was like, why did you say you weren't for sure? Well, you know, I just always hear stories about things falling through at the last minute. And so I didn't know for sure if I should count on it, but we are actually in the house now. So I guess it's totally official. I mean, we've like agreed to pay for it for the next however many years. (laughs) Anyway, so it's, it's ours and the banks now, but anyway, um, however mortgages work, but yeah, so we are in the house and I am, I'm really loving it. Like I'm, it's just exciting, you know, well, it's been interesting to go through the moving process, you know, so for all these years that I have been having this podcast, having the blog, I would get questions about moving, you know, my advice on moving, because that's when anybody and everybody starts to think about clutter and think about their stuff and think about their excess because you just naturally have to touch everything. I mean, that that's just part of the moving process is every single thing has to be looked at, touched, dealt with, whatever. Um, even if it's just moving a box that it's in that hasn't been open since the last move, but you know what I mean? So it's just part of it. And I would always get the, those questions from people. People are always asking about 
just the moving process. And I was like, well, you know, I'm like, here's how I think I would apply it. You know, my, what I've learned about clutter, but I haven't been through that process myself since I started this, you know, deslobification process back in 2009. Well, now I have been. Um, and you know, it's teaching me a lot about my stuff, my clutter, whether or not, someone's moving or not, whether or not you're moving. I think, you know, I'm, I'm just learning stuff that I hope to then let impact my thought processes and my stuff and my home going on, even though, you know, the plan is that this is the forever house. So anyway, so I just, I'm going to kind of process through some of that and talk about some of it. So I know I talked about this one in the last one, but I cannot emphasize it enough. And that is, donate, donate, and donate some more. So my real estate agent actually used to be years ago, like years and years and years ago, like helped me out on my blog, you know, kind of back when I was just starting to have any kind of help. Um, And so she worked for me for a while. So she, she actually knows my story a lot more than a lot of people do. And so we were talking at the closing, y'all, it was so, (laughs) it's one of those super awkward times where I'm just like, Oh, okay. So my, um, what's he called? He's the finance guy. I don't know. It's the one who does the finances lender person, blah, 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 whoever it is. I know some of y'all that's probably your job and you're hurt that I don't remember what it's called, but anyway, it's the person who, you know, does all the financing stuff. So anyway, he's at the closing as well. He's a young guy, probably mid twenties, maybe, maybe late twenties. I don't know. And he goes, Hey, I've been watching your YouTube channel. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my word. And my husband, and I just started laughing, you know, and anyway, and, uh, cause he had just moved as well. And he was like, man, I wish I would have started watching it before I moved. <laughs> cause he's like, I moved a bunch of my stuff that I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to get rid of this. But then I would have had moved it anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. And so my assist, my, okay. She is my real estate agent. Now she was my assistant years ago. She was like, you know, she said, it's so funny to me because the house that you're moving into is bigger than the one you're moving out of. And yet you are decluttering like you're moving into a smaller house. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I get the question a lot from people of, you know, what do I do when I do have the space for things, like I technically, yes, have closets I could shove things in that something else doesn't have to go in there. And so technically there's space in my container when you're thinking of your house as a container and yet I can't deal with it all. Well, it defaults to clutter threshold. You know, I mean like the the container gets to decide, you know, and that's a very, it's a nice arbitrary way that is outside of me making value decisions, which is where I get caught up in, is this worth something? Is this something I might use one day? Is this something I should keep? Whatever. You know, it's, it's this nice arbitrary outside of me making decisions way for me to eliminate stuff by just embracing the limits of the space that I have to put this in. So it's an, it's a nice way to do that. And yet clutter threshold is also a huge, I mean, that's the thing that does change and that is unique to you. Okay. So the size of the space that you have is the size of the space you have. And yet, you know, my mother can put 
a lot of stuff in a closet. And yet I, and she can, she can maintain it. She has a high clutter threshold. She can put all that stuff in a closet. She can get what she needs and put things back that she had to move. Like she's able to do that. So she can put more stuff in a closet and it stay functional and usable and under control. She can put more stuff in a closet than I can. So yes, the closet is the container and yet the clutter threshold is everything. You know, like that's unique to me. And so that same closet, the same shelves, I need to have less stuff in there because my clutter threshold is lower. Meaning if I'm going to have a closet to put things in, I need to have little enough stuff or a lack of stuff, whatever space around things for me to be able to see what I need to see without having to move things or remember what's behind something else. I need to have the space around things for me to be able to reach in and grab it without having to move three other things. And then the part that never happens, move those three things back into place, you know, so the clutter threshold is unique to me. So that's where when you think, well, I have the space, but I don't, it, it just is too much and I'm keeping too much. Okay. Then you look for your clutter threshold. What is the amount of stuff that I personally can easily keep under control? And that may, it, it may adjust some for the size of the container as well. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have four closets in one house, then you can keep more stuff and keep it under control more easily than if you only have one closet. You know, there's less stuff that you can have. And yet it's not just, okay, then shove everything into the one closet. It still has to take into consideration the clutter threshold. Does that make sense? Anyway, so that's what I, the lesson that I was sharing at our closing for our house. (sighs) These are things I don't like to talk about in real life, but hey, whatever. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many 
projects, taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Okay, so donating, donating, and donating some more. So one of the things that um, we were talking about in a which this is not an advertisement. It's not even open now, although you can go to takeyouraspect.com and get on the waiting list if you would like, because it will open again in December at some point. But one of the things that we were talking about in a question answer session there, somebody had asked about, they were cleaning out um, a relative's house who, um, it was a hoarding situation. You know, so Cass and I both and Dawn, we're talking about it, but Cass and I specifically answered this question, you know, and I was saying, you know, donate, 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 get stuff out of the house. And that was to say, you know, I, I, I think actually what I said was, you know, you're going to have to rent a do lolly, but I probably said the right word instead of do lolly. What's the word? A junk container, whatever, you know, one of those things to put that in, you know, and it was like, just start throwing stuff away, getting, you know, donating stuff. The, the ideal thing about that situation, it's a tough situation to be in, except that if everything is going to have to leave the house, it, the goal is just to get things out, get things out. And Cass is the one who brought it up. She said, yes, the more you can remove from the house, just getting things actually out of the house, you know, the less you're going to be overwhelmed, the more you're going to be able to actually, you know, keep going. And that's so true. And I think that's the thing with moving, even though it's not a hoarding situation, moving is overwhelming. I mean, it's overwhelming for pretty much anybody. I mean, it's, you know, it's funny just having the conversation with people about moving because we've just moved and people are like, moving is the most miserable thing ever. I mean, it just... it's not the most miserable thing ever. There are a lot of more miserable things, but you know what I mean? Like it is a something that isn't generally all that fun, you know? And, but, but like in that situation, the more you can get out of the house, the more that you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you know what I mean? Like the more that stuff is actually gone, but it's that being actually gone thing. It's like everything is going to have to be moved everything, you know, and there's, there's kind of that waiting period where you're packing it up. You don't know where anything is. Things are in boxes. You're kind of waiting until that actual moving day. And yet the more that you can donate, donate and donate some more, get stuff actually out of the house, the more you can start to feel like, okay, this is actually possible. It can really happen. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the only stuff that can actually be done and over with and, all that before actual moving day. Do you know what I mean? So it can feel like a waste of time. And this applies for all times. This is not just moving, but it can feel like, oh, well, but I need to keep decluttering. I don't want to take 
a whole morning to load up the car or ask a friend or a relative or somebody to come help you load up the car. I don't want to, you know, the place where I donate, there's always a long line or the place where I donate for me, it's 30 minutes away. You know, that's just the reality. So, and it's because I really like this place because you get there, you honk your horn, they come out, they take everything out of your car. You don't have to go anyway. It's just, there's zero hassle. So it's worth it to me to drive 30 minutes, but there are times where I'm like, do I really have time to go drive 30 minutes and do this? Yeah. I have to do that. And another thing I would do is anytime I was going to be anywhere where I thought there might be a donation place, I would go ahead and load some stuff up. So like I went to go see my son. I went to go take him out to lunch where, you know, he's two hours away at college. Well, I looked it up and found a donation place where I was going. I think I may have said that in the last podcast where I talked about this, but that those, I would say, those moments, even though in the moment it felt like, what are we doing? Why are we taking, you know, an hour and a half, two hours out of our day to go do this when there is so much to do? And yet every single time that I made a donation run, it just made the whole overwhelming, daunting process feel less overwhelming and less daunting. And it helped me think, okay, maybe this is going to actually happen in the end. Okay. So just want to make sure that I say that. Okay. So an update on my box quotas. So I talked about in the last one that one of the things I did was I ordered a set of boxes from U-Haul. I ordered their pack of boxes for a three to four bedroom home. Um, Cause we were moving out of a three bedroom home into a four bedroom home. And I got the, I just ordered the standard thing just so I could kind of experiment, you know, partly for y'all, because this is what I do is tell y'all about these things. Um, But I ordered that standard set of boxes and then I went through the house. I kind of designated, all right, this is how many I'm going to use in the different, you can listen to the other one. Anyway, so how did that go? Well, we didn't even use all the boxes. Now, it was also a local move. So we have made a couple of trips and things, but we basically did not use, well, we did not use all the boxes. There are still a couple that I put together and they're just kind of sitting there and we used them when we watched the Cowboys game. We used one of them flipped over to eat lunch on top of, you know, and, and we're just kind of throwing a few things in there just to get it, um, you know, things as we remember, we'll bring that, you know, back to the new house. But, but no, we didn't use all of them. Um, but I'm still glad that I got that set um, because there. the thing I realized is with the container concept, when you're applying the container concept, there is power in the actual having the limit, having the boundaries, filling it up and letting that be the decision maker about how much stuff you can keep. There's also a lot of value in just flat out understanding the container concept, in just knowing that there is a limit, in just knowing that I am not going to be able to take it all. I'm I'm not going to take it all. It is not all going to fit in here. Now, obviously, we could have fit more than we ended up fitting, but I'm perfectly fine with that because I didn't want to bring anything that I didn't need to bring. But just knowing that there is a finite number of boxes that I want to use, that what this is what I am, I have as a tangible physical thing that is going to 
help me only take the amount of stuff that really should be in this size of house. When I did that, just knowing that changed every decision that I was making. It changed how I looked at all the stuff in my house. Every single thing in my house, as I put it into a box, had to figure out whether it was box worthy. You know, I mean, is this a valid use of box space? And a lot of stuff revealed itself as no, it's not valid use of box space. You know, and so just even understanding the container concept makes everything look different. So the the decluttering process, the step four is to ask the two decluttering questions. And you do that if I needed this item, whatever, you know, I'm sorry, that's the second one. First one is if I needed this item, where would I look for it first, you know? And so then you take it there now. And then, you know, when I talk about it and talk through the process, I say, okay, so if you've been taking all the books in your house to the bookshelf, and now it's a huge pile that couldn't possibly fit on the bookshelf. Now is when you have to start pulling things out until you only have what fits there. But the reality is if you understand the concept that the bookshelf is a limit that the bookshelf is a container meant to contain and serve as a limit to how many books you can have. There's a lot of times where you're not even going to take it there now because you already know, well, where would I look for this first on the bookshelf? But it's not bookshelf worthy. You know, I mean, it's not container worthy. So, you know, it, it just, just even understanding that there is a limit to space to, you know, how much you can keep in a space and keep it under control. That's a a gift, I would say. And so just having a limited number of boxes instead of, which I think is where the value of buying the boxes, which I don't like buying things that I could maybe scrounge up for free. But I think that's where the value of buying the boxes was, was knowing that there was an actual real limit to this, where if I had scrounged up some boxes, you know, I might've gotten 12 to start. Well, then I just start putting them in there knowing that I'm going to need more boxes and I'm going to go get more boxes. And so it doesn't have that same feeling of finiteness of limitation. So I'm saying, so just even knowing that changes how everything looks. And often when I would pick something up, it's like, oh, well, nah, this doesn't need to go. So one of the things that I repeated to myself again and again and again, which I plan to apply, hope to apply in my regular living in my new house life is take it there now is one of my little sayings that I say all the time. And now my saying is throw it away now. Like that just became a thing that I had this huge aversion to the thought of moving something only to throw it away once I got there. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to throw this away at some point, if you know, or donate, whatever, but it just makes a nice little phrase to say, throw it away now. But if I'm going to pitch this thing, if I'm going to get rid of this, I don't want to have gone through the effort and time and asking help from people to move it somewhere first. If it's going to be thrown away, I want to throw it away now. 
And I'm seeing that in a lot of just kind of as I'm unpacking things and, you know, setting up my kitchen and just doing it. I'm like, if this is going to be thrown away, why not throw it away now instead of setting it on this countertop? It's been helpful for me in my tendency to just randomly set things down to have this, why not just throw it away now? Like why, why set it down, which is an action and then leave all these other actions for myself, which will be the noticing or the being frustrated that there's now a pile and then the actually picking it up and then the throwing it away. If I throw it away now, I eliminate all those future actions. See what I'm saying? So anyway, that's just something that I repeated to myself a lot in the packing up process was just the idea of I'm going to throw it away now um, or donate it now. I've been mostly saying throw it away now, but it's like, if I'm going to, if, if this is going to be donated, if this is destined to be donated, why not donate it now? Why not do this now while I've got these boxes so that it doesn't have to for then be sorted and thought about and stressed over and, you know, have to find a home or figure out where the new donate box is now or whatever. Why not just go ahead, go ahead and donate it now. Okay. A couple other things. Oh, I did want to talk about this real quick. So we hired movers. Um, okay. So basically what I ended up doing, my husband, I think I've told this story before. I feel like this is one of those things where I've told a lot of stories before, but anyway, you know, my husband was 32 when we got married. He had a truck he went to a small church and so he got volunteered by other people a lot to help people move. Sometimes people he knew, sometimes random strangers who would say, Hey, my friend has a truck and I'm sure he's such a nice guy. He'll help you move. Anyway, so he has issues with that. And so he's kind of always had this, you know, saying, and, and, I, and I'm not saying this for everybody because I believe me, I totally understand why you wouldn't do this. Cause I get it. It's money and everything, but he, this is as, as a cheapskate, it is one thing he is willing to spend money on is movers because of all the free moving he did for people over the years. He's like, you know, you kind of can have one free move as a grown up, And then after that, you need to start paying for movers <laughs> anyway. Plus I really wanted people to put the beds together. We had stairs now and I'm like, I really don't want to be carrying the big stuff upstairs. I want somebody else to do that. Anyway. So I hired movers to do like the furniture and a lot of the boxes. And then we did like the other stuff the next day, my son and his friends did. So anyway, um, so I, I, you know, it's professional movers. They came with their trucks and it was probably about halfway through. And so he'd gone through, he was in the middle of working on everything, um, with his two helpers. And I said, can I ask you a question? I said, I know this is a weird question. I said, but how does my level of stuff compare with the average person's amount of stuff that they have. And he was like, well, you know, and I was, I was thinking, oh, great. You know, he's like, well, he goes, you know, I mean, people have a lot of stuff. And I said, so are you saying that like what I have is normal? And he was like, oh no, he goes, no, no, no. You have way less than normal. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, I almost wanted to cry. And I also maybe, no, not maybe. I definitely, when my husband got home, made, you know, him tell my husband that same story. You know, I said, so what did you say about how much stuff I have? Anyway, like, that's a big deal. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Y'all know that my story from my last time that I moved was that I, um, I used a truck for a 3,000-square-foot home, I think it was, filled it up plus another like two pickup trucks, a minivan, blah, 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 whatever, um, out of our home that was 700, 1,750 square feet. So not square meters, those of y'all who are not in the U.S. Okay, so that's like about a third the size of a roughly, I think, um, of a square meters kind of a place, but no, it couldn't be a square meter would have to be even more than that. Whatever. It's not, it's not a huge house. Okay. So anyway, um, you know, that was what I came from when I didn't understand all this, when we moved that last time we'd moved into a rent house and it was a three bedroom home. It was a little smaller than one, than the one we moved out of, but it was a three bedroom home. We had everything we needed plus more shoved in there. And we had the entire garage completely stacked full of boxes with only a path to get out. We couldn't, we couldn't walk through it. And we had all these boxes stacked in the living room. I think we rented a storage unit when my daughter was born uh, or um, before she was born. Cause I was like, I've got to get some of this stuff out of the house. Um, but that was just all boxes in addition to what we actually needed to be living on a day-to-day basis. Cause we lived in that rent house for almost a year. So anyway, it, it just, I've come a long way. Like I'm really stinking proud of myself. <laughs> like I, I just am, you know, so we brought in all the furniture at the new house and then they put the boxes, which there were still boxes from the garage and stuff that came the next day. But the, bo- but the majority of the boxes that they brought on that first day, I mean, they just kind of took up maybe a fourth of the garage and they weren't even stacked to the ceiling. And so Anyway, I just want to, I'm kind of sort of bragging, but I'm mostly just really, really proud of myself. And I want y'all to know that in the beginning, when I started doing this, when I was getting rid of so much stuff, it just seemed like I I didn't know if I could ever really, truly do this. If I could really, truly make a big impact, if I was ever going to see a huge impact on my home. And I did y'all I've made, I've gotten rid of so much stuff in my house, but I also want to say when you're living in the same house forever, sometimes it it's hard to measure the huge difference other than remembering how it used to be, you know, okay. It used to be so much harder to keep my house under control. It used to be that we ran into stuff all the time because there was stuff everywhere. Used to be that things were piled with stuff and you get that. But at the same time, you know, it's like, 
is there that big of a difference? Oh, there's a big difference. But this was one of those times where I actually felt like I had a measurable way to see that there is a huge difference now in how much stuff I have versus how much I did before. Okay. So it really is possible to make a thing, to make a big impact. Um, let's see other things, you know, are just, are just some of the ideals versus reality. Like I, I had big ideals for moving, you know, I had planned on, um, you know, the, the movers taking every single box to every single room. I had them labeled a couple of them aren't labeled. I feel like those were not mine that I packed that somebody else packed those, but whatever. Um, but you know, I mean, I had this ideal of how everything was going to go on that day. They were supposed to be here at eight o'clock in the morning. They didn't get here till like three, three thirty in the afternoon. And I had to be somewhere that evening. Um, my son was playing football. So it was, Anyway, so we, you know, I was late getting to that. And then we just did the best that we could. And it wasn't ideal. There were things in the garage. I didn't want there to be any boxes in the garage. But as it was, I was like, y'all have to just set these here and go. And then, you know, so things are not ideal. You know, the the unpack, you know, there, there are things at the end where I was like, oh, wait, does this stuff, does it, what should I should I, should I not? What? You know? And so there were things I threw in a box where even though I had been telling myself, throw it away now, donate it now, blah, blah, blah. And doing so much better. I'm so thankful for all the times when I did throw it away now or donate it now. And yet there's some things that got thrown in boxes at the very last minute. There's some things that are still not done perfectly. And I just took it and was like, I mean, like that, that's just the reality. So I think it's partly my control issues that I have, you know, where I envision it, I think it's supposed to go a certain way. And then real life happens. And that's all I actually have to work with is real life. So, so as I am unpacking, um, it, I will look at the stuff that there is to do. And I start to get that feeling of being completely overwhelmed again, that just makes me want to shut down. So the thing that I'm repeating to myself at this point is, you know, do the easy stuff first. What's going to have to be done anyway? So what is it that's large that I can go move right now, even if it's not to the perfect home, but I can move it somewhere where it's no longer part of the pile in the garage. So I guess what I'm saying is my thing that I'm repeating to myself, which is what I always repeat to myself when I'm doing basically any house stuff decluttering specifically is do the easy stuff first. Okay. But it feels like nothing's easy because every single thing, you know, I mean, I mean like I define easy stuff as stuff that already has an established home somewhere in the house. It's just not there for whatever reason. Well, nothing has an established home at this point. And so nothing feels easy. Everything is a decision to be made. And so instead I am telling myself, okay, what is something that has to be done anyway? Well, this nightstand has to be taken to the bed that it's supposed to be by. Well, this you know, clock has to be hung on the wall. This, you know, and so I'm just looking for things that I, that I just am asking myself, what is it that's going to have to be done anyway? I might as well go do it now because otherwise I get really caught up in what should I be doing right now? What's the next most important thing to do? When in reality, it's a whole bunch of stuff out in the garage and I have got to 
just start whittling it down. And so that's how I'm breaking through that feeling of being overwhelmed and wanting to just quit, shut down. Okay. What about going on instinct? Okay. You know, I, we talk a lot about instinct and, you know, learning to trust yourself on the, where would I look for it first? Um, a lot of times people will ask me the question, you know, what if I don't have a place where I would look for it first, you know, or, and then they say, well, I don't, but then I asked myself, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? And I'm like, oh, I know I have it, but I just don't know where I would look for it first. And I'm like, well, then you're not going on your instinct. Okay. Because if you did know that you had it, you would look somewhere first. It's not the right place. It's not the perfect place. It's not a good place, but where would you actually go looking first with zero confidence that you would find it? But where would you look first? Okay. Is that learning to trust your instincts to learn to go with your instinct. So that's really hard in a new house. Okay. So how am I doing that? Well, you know, and this is all, I don't know if this is the perfect way to do it or not. This is just what I'm doing, but I am trying to, and it feels a little woo woo. You know, it feels a little like, can't quite, you know, grasp it out of the air, but it's like, okay, in this house, where would I look for my cutting boards first? And then I put them there. And then when I'm cooking dinner, which I have cooked dinner twice now, when I'm cooking dinner, if I need something and I look for it somewhere and it's not there, then when I find it, I'm putting it there in the first place where I looked for it. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to go with that. So like I had initially really tried to think about where am I going to, you know, what, which drawer am I going to make my silverware drawer? Will it be this one or will it be this one? And I was like, okay, I think this one should be the silverware drawer. Cause I was like, okay, you know, and yet here's my coffee cups. Here's my coffee maker. And I kept opening up the drawer right under the coffee maker, looking for my spoon, you know, to stir my coffee, my creamer into my coffee. And I went, wait a minute, what am I doing? Like why? Because it wasn't there. It was in the one across from that. So I just went, okay, this is where I'm looking first. I'm going to move it there now. Is it the most ideal, perfect way for things? I wish I would have done it the right way the first time. And yet, because I'm just giving myself some grace because we're in a new house, we're going to have to figure things out. I am saying, okay, so I switched the things actually... I think I even switched it a little bit more, but I put the silverware in that drawer where I had been looking first for the silverware. And then I moved the other stuff to somewhere else. Um, so, and that has happened a couple of different times. There've been a couple of things where I'm like, I opened this up thinking it would be in this spot. It wasn't in this spot. So now I have to go searching for it. And now I'm going to go put it in the spot where I opened up thinking that it was going to be. Okay. So let's talk about, um, accepting help. It's tough. I had somebody say, Hey, my, um, she homeschools her kids and she was like, we could come over and we could help you unpack and get it done really fast. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not (laughs) that just, that freaks me out. And I'm like, whoo, I don't think I want to, you know, it just sounds like these decisions that I'm having to make that it's, you know, 
trying to think about what is my instinct in this situation, you know, and, and go with that instinct. Um, if I multiplied what I could do, you know, that, that five people were working on where do I put this and asking me those questions, I think my brain might explode. And so I'm like, okay, so I said no to that. But, you know, when my mom offered to come and help, I said yes. And sometimes it's hard accepting help. And yet I'm glad that I did it. Why? It pushed me through. It was not necessarily fun. I was kind of ready to work on my own for a while after that. But it did push me through and I, I, you know, picked the trusted person, but not necessarily like a perfect situation. And, and did I have moments where I said, I want to put this here and I felt, I mean, my mom's great, but you know, I mean, there's times where I'm like, is she judging me for wanting me to put it for wanting to put that there? You know, and then it made me feel like, you know, I write books about those anyway. Um, <laughs> but it, it was hard. I'm just going to be honest. It's hard accepting help. And yet it's such a huge daunting job that it's one of the things I have to do is get over that and go ahead and accept help and try, you know, so one of the things I would do is try to get ahead of it. And so try to figure out, okay, what are some contained definite spaces? So we worked in the kitchen primarily, you know, like this is going to be where this is, or, Hey, this box of stuff right here is going to go in the game cabinet. Here you go. Put everything in there as best as you want to do it. If it's not a game and it somehow ended up in this, leave it in there. And then we'll, you know, so it's like giving her very specific, definite jobs. Um, because otherwise I start to feel, and I think it's just that, this is not my natural realm. This is not my natural thing. And yet what I have found to work best is putting things in the place where I would look for them first, even if that isn't the most logical thing. You know what I mean? Even if it isn't what the experts or my mom would do or whatever. Um, so let's talk about new space, new habits. So this is one of the things I'm trying to take advantage of. I am trying to take advantage of new space, new habits. I mean, like I, one of the things I learned from y'all and feel free to leave comments explaining more because this is all new to me, but we are on septic now, um, which means, you know, we have a septic system. We're not on city water. And so I also, because of y'all recognize that my new dishwasher, which I don't love as much as my old one, but whatever, um, has a delay start. And I had always thought, oh, mine probably has a delay start. And I just never really looked at it because I never really needed it. Well, now that we're on septic and I'm running my dishwasher after dinner, right around the same time when my kids are taking their showers before they go to bed, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should hold off on that. Because I think that's something about septic systems is you need to not do too much water stuff at one time. So anyway, so I have been setting my timer to, to go later. So it's like, okay, this is a new habit, which I know one of y'all had emailed me or maybe said somewhere else um, about how you love to set your timer on your dishwasher, because then you don't have to remember to start it, you can set your timer on it, and then it's ready to go. And it's gonna start if it happens to not be completely full, it's still going to start. But then if you do run across other things, you can always put it in there. But it's not like, it, it goes against the self-defeating thing of um, thinking, oh, I better not start it now because I might find some more stuff throughout the house before I actually 
end up starting it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's going to start anyway. I think I'm making no sense, whatever. I think y'all know what I mean. So I'm working, I'm looking on that as far as, you know, I have an island now. I've never had an island before. An island always seemed really exciting. And I'm already going, oh my goodness, stuff can just end up, end up here. So it's like, okay, this is my habit that I need to be working on. I am in a new situation. I need to work on the habit of not of, you know, making sure this is cleared and not turning, letting it turn into a dumping ground the way it so easily could. And then, you know, last of all is the, this house is bigger. And I've had moments where I think I'm not for sure we have enough stuff for this house. Um, You know, we might actually need some more seating or something like that. And my brain naturally starts going, okay, I wonder where I could find that. I wonder where I could get that. Oh, that's going to be fun to collect. Oh, that's going And instead I'm saying, no, we're going to live with it for a while. I want to live with less than I need for a while until we figure out exactly what it is that we need in this specific home in a certain space and, and what it is that would serve best in this space. So that's like my number one thing is I'm like, I need to take advantage of the fresh start that I'm getting and remind myself I can absolutely do without for a while. And in the long run, it's going to be so much easier because, you know, not going ahead and getting it is kind of like the donate it now concept, right? You know, the take it there now going ahead and doing it so that I am not ending up in a situation where I am having to do a whole lot more stuff with it later. It's like, I would rather live without it now, see if I have any regrets living without it, experience what it's like to not have it now. So then I can know in the future, do I really need it as opposed to bringing it in because I might need it one day. And then having my house have too much stuff, having my house be too hard to maintain and living in the fear of what will it be like if I don't have this anymore and I get rid of it and I end up needing it. Instead, I can go ahead and experience that now and then never have to come up with something, bring it into my house and then have to find a way to get rid of it. Okay. So it's like, I'd rather just not have it than worry about, or or I'd rather not have it at all than bring it in and then have to deal with it later if I do end up needing to get rid of it. Does that make sense? So I'm really, really, really trying hard to make that my thing. Okay. All right. I think that's it. Um, I feel like I've been rambly. Those of y'all who are in the US, happy Thanksgiving. Um, those of you who are everywhere else, happy end of November. And don't forget, you can get 14 days to opening your front door to guests um, for $4 through the end of November with the code podcast. Okay. I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.